Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Today, we're joined by Hillel Berg, who is an email marketing expert. His self-titled company provides email marketing services to e-commerce companies to help them get the most from their email marketing efforts. He's also the host of Inboxing, the podcast about email marketing. When I first met Hillel, he was just launching Inboxing, which has grown from strength to strength. Hi, Hillel. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. I really appreciate it. Great to have you here. Can you start by telling us how you got into email marketing? Sure, sure. Almost nobody <laughs> has ever, nobody goes to school for email marketing. I mean, today I know there are right. courses and colleges for digital marketing and email marketing is part of that. But like everyone else, I fell into it. So how do you fall into email marketing? I went to school, I have a degree in computer science, but I graduated barely. <laughs> so I didn't want to become a programmer. And from there, I actually worked in real estate for a little while. But what happened was I wanted to get back into high tech at some point. So I went back to a course, you know, to put something fresh on my resume. And while I was at that course, I happened to find a job working in customer service at an e-commerce company that sold electronic cigarettes. And I actually didn't, you know, I didn't join a customer service department. I actually was the department. Okay. Um, it was really just starting and they're still figuring things out, but this is 2009. So it was really like at the cusp of an explosion of interest in electronic cigarettes. And very quickly, you know, like within a year, that department, you know, me as a department went from me alone to 30 people. Well, that's some growth. Um, <laughs> yeah, insane growth. And, and it kept growing, you know, and it was, uh, so I was able to transition because I was like, you know, one of the first employees, I was able to transition into marketing, which was more interesting to me. Although I didn't go to school for marketing, but it was just something that spoke to me. And, and part of that role was, I became like, a, I was head of promotions. This is really where it started. And as the head of promotions, we had to send emails out to tell people we have a sale going on. So that's how that started. And, and it was staggering to me. And it was really interesting to me. A few parts of this were interesting to me is that coming from customer service to marketing gave you a lot of insight into the customer. So one of the things I knew was that the customers wanted the, it's a little bit about electronic cigarettes, but it's a battery and a replaceable cartridge. The cartridge has the flavor in it, and that's where the smoke comes from. And when it stops making smoke and flavor, that's when you throw it out. The people want Till that point, like the company was so acquisition focused that they weren't really marketing so much to their past clients. And even when we would do promotions, it was mostly on new kits, which most people already had. So coming from customer service, I said, you know, we should do a sale on the cartridges. And one of the first promotions I ran, you know, a, a typical day at that company at that time was about $30,000 a day. Wow! And when we did this sale <laughs> with the cartridges, it did $80,000 that day. <laughs> oh, that's and, some kind of thing. Yeah, and, and the three partners actually at that time were in China trying to find new product or a new factory or whatever. And they called me from China. Like, <laughs> wow, wow. 
Can't believe it. Unbelievable. But that was, you know, the how I got started, really. And then from there, the company actually kept growing and became more corporate and we got more, you know, specialized. And so I became you know, involved email marketing full time. And yeah, but they wanted there. to grab you after that 80,000, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So that's where I really like got into it and managing the CRM and learning, you know, dynamic content and segmentation and automation and all that became my world. And a part of it is that we were acquired after in 2013, uh-huh. that little company was acquired by Altria, which is... The company that used to be known as Philip Morris USA changed their name to Altria. They were trying to get into the alternative cigarette market. They still are. And, and we actually started, became their digital agency. But it all came unraveling because they invested in a competitor brand. And part of that deal was non-compete. So we all the brands we were supporting were competing. So that was the end of our opportunity there. And then shortly after that, like, and I stopped working for them, I think in March, and I just felt like I can't sit on my hands. You know, like there are opportunities, there were opportunities to keep, to look for another company to work for, but at least in, you know, I'm in Israel and the market was a lot of gambling. It was gaming, you know, not necessarily gambling, but other types of games. And I didn't want to, at least, with the company I worked for in electronic cigarettes, it was a very good, it was a very feel good vibe. We were like serving the world, especially working for customer service. You knew this product really helped smokers. Like I know there was a lot of bad press, but when you speak to people day after day, like this is the greatest product ever. I've been smoking for 30 years and within a week I haven't t- needed to touch a cigarette. Like I can't believe it. That's the kind of conversation we'd have daily. So I, we were, we're saving lives. Like that's how we thought about it. Like we couldn't say that for FDA, other kinds of reasons, but, but we knew we had a, you know, we had great stories. I didn't want to go from that to be like, my KPIs were now to, you know, get people to play a lot more games or, you know, lose their money in gambling. So I just started Hilleberg Human Marketing sort of like to bridge to the next job, but thank God, like it's turned into a lot more than that. And it's, it's a big business and we run email marketing for a lot of companies now. And, and it's a great, it's great. And then I guess you get to choose the brands that you work for, the ones that align with your values and you don't have to push anything that you're not comfortable with. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's critical. You know I mean? Like, you know, I've had companies come to me and say like, I'm just, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be doing that. And it doesn't. It doesn't work here. I mean, I can tell you even right now, one of my companies that I'm working with is a medical company, like a startup, you mm-hmm. know, with like an AI-based test, which could help prevent blindness. I mean, it's a little bit more pressure. <laughs> the success of what we're doing has got a little more weight to it. But yeah, like that's something I'm so happy to be a part of, for sure. It must be so good to be helping people with their missions, especially something as valuable as that. So you've worked with so many companies over the years. What common mistakes do you see people making with their email marketing? It kind of breaks down into like two groups. Because one of the biggest surprises to me is how many companies are not even doing any email marketing. Like like zero, (laughs) nothing. I mean, yeah, because one of my core beliefs is that every business should have at least a welcome series. And, you know, and yeah, like, and, and holiday emails, you know what I mean? Like your plumber, he comes to plunge your toilet and his four put email address, you know what I mean? Like little things, 
then he has your email address. He sends you a welcome, you know, or thank you. You know, I hope you're happy with the service. You could rate it. You know, how did you like my service? And then that could go into a system. So that's any service-based business. You know, I don't care what you're doing, but yeah, you could have an email marketing setup that will just make your customers happier, you know, and, yeah. and get you ratings and get you feedback and Google reviews and it just they can go so far and without that much effort. So that's like the first group. The people that are just are not doing any email marketing. And then the other side of it is people that have something, but they're not really using it. Like they're, you know, oh, I have a MailChimp, but I don't really do anything with it. Like they, you hear that a lot. Like I have, I have something, but yeah, I don't really do anything. And it's just a shame. You know what I mean? Like if you just put a little effort into it and, you know, make a commitment. Do you think it's that they're too busy or that they're just a bit, you know, they don't know what to do? I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of both. And I think they are busy. Everyone's busy. And like I was saying, like, if you don't make it a goal, you don't make it like something you have to do, it's not going to get done. So like, and yeah, I mean, like over time, like it's amazing what it could do. Full disclosure, I just ended a newsletter. One of my clients sold gifts and gift baskets in Israel. So a lot of people, Israelis, have family abroad and, you know, send them like for the holidays or a birthday, things like that. But he's not a young man anymore. He's been in this business now for 20 something years and he's kind of hanging up the gloves. I started with him three years ago, like two and a half years ago, we started this newsletter and it was like a feel good newsletter about things that are happening in Israel. And, and we did a survey at the end, you know, like the last, and there was a link and the comments were like amazing. I mean, it's not like a ton of the list, you know, we don't really have eyeballs, but you know, like for everyone, yeah. I know overall, like 70% maybe of his list was a casual reader. And then another, like, I don't know, maybe a thousand people were passionate readers and they let us know it. And that kind of loyalty is huge. That's what it can do for you. Like those people are the best customers. Yeah. They, yeah, they'll come back again and again because you're giving added value with that newsletter. Like it's not necessarily about buy my product, buy my product at all. It's really just, you know, it's ancillary, I guess that's the right word. Um, where it's interesting and they like the content and they see the brand and they know, oh yeah, when I need that, you know, I'm going to go to them. So everyone could copy that model. <laughs> everyone could do that, but it takes that commitment. You know, and I knew every Thursday morning and, uh, you know, this is my job. I was writing the newsletter, it would take about two hours on average. And then I had another guy who'd build it because it was, it was feel good, you know, finding the articles. And then I write like a whole highlights newsreel through the whole thing with my own personal feelings about different things and then we'd add into it pictures from the week because we take pictures every time someone gets a gift and we'd have pictures we'd have all the orders laid out like you know happy birthday to these people and you know uh -huh. a happy anniversary to them and that kind of thing and yeah so i had another guy actually build it a lot of went into it so. lots of celebration as well in it that's something yeah, a nice was... one to receive yeah, I mean, the name of the company was Gilly's, so it was Gilly's Good Newsletter. It doesn't have to be pushy sales. Oh, not at all. I always yeah. say content, content, sales. I mean, that's also a huge mistake. You're talking about mistakes the companies are making. And I think a lot of people get this from big brands. All they send, you go to your inbox and click any brand. They're subscribed to and they'll send you every day, buy today, buy today, buy today. 
you know, the new spring stuff is here, you know, the winter stuff's on sale, super yes. clearance, super, you know, spring, all this kind of stuff. When I was in America, I went into a clothing shop and somehow ended up on their email list. I think it was, you know, email the receipt and then, and I can't even see how to unsubscribe. And it's just the kind of emails you're talking about every day. And it's so frustrating because all I want to do is unsubscribe. We don't even have that shop in the UK. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, that's a good point. Like the mistakes, they could tell probably that you're not local. Yeah. In their email system, they probably could see where you live and that you're in the UK. So, you know, that's bad marketing. <laughs> that's bad practice. Segment, you know, like segment out people that aren't in your geographic zone. You know, you're a bake shop in Sussex. I don't know, making up places. But oh. if you have people that are in London, they don't need to hear from you, especially if you're sending, I don't know, two, three, four emails a week. Maybe send them happy birthday. You know, that's another thing people could be doing, you know, just birthday emails. My birthday is September 26th. I don't know how many emails I got with a happy birthday message, but everyone loves a happy birthday message from a brand. Yeah, for sure. With a coupon, like, yeah, that's just gold. You know, it makes tons of money for brands and so many people aren't doing it. And even like I just mentioned a bake shop, but like a local bake shop could be sending a birthday message, you know, come in for a cupcake. So easy. And maybe they'll come in with two friends. You know what I mean? And then it makes money for you. Uh, you're giving me tons yes. of ideas here. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot that can be done with email marketing. And just most people are, are making mistakes and just not even making the most of it, neglecting it, or just not doing anything with it at all. Yeah, definitely. Is there a good number to send out per week or per month? Or does it depend on business? It really depends on the business. You know, like we just mentioned big brands. So like they're a big brand. It's okay if you unsubscribe because they have 300,000 subscribers, maybe over well over a million subscribers. So it's not going to yes. make a big dent in their bucket. They're not going to cry. Um, yeah. And guess what? Every cent makes them money. Some. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little trickier figuring out that right cadence for them. But again, every business, you know, like if you're the plumber, you, you probably don't want to send an email every day and it's probably hard to come up with content for every day, you know, but if whatever business you're in, basically the rule is you want to send as much as you can without getting annoying. And the other rule is you want to always send if you have something valuable to send. Like you don't want to send any email just for the sake of sending an email. Mm -hmm. It should always have value. It should have an idea behind it. It should, it should do something for the person receiving it. Not that you check the box, you send something. That's good advice. So if you're looking to grow your email list, how important is it to have a lead magnet? Yeah, lead magnets are very important, <laughs> like to every business, every single business. And it's shocking to me, you know, like I there's there's a chocolate company. They do like molding chocolate and they make them actually delicious, amazing products, but Good. Um, it's like a non-brand thing because they're like a factory. They just rebrand for a lot, but they've done work for a lot of big brands in the U.S. And I went to their website and you could just click to the catalog and download them and look at everything and never be asked for your details. So I tried pitching them my services and I took a loom and I imagine before you actually, I could see your product that said, Hey, who are you? What's your name? Who you work for? You know, get lead information. <laughs> If, yeah. you know, you're right, maybe a lot of people, it, would, it wouldn't be the right fit, but once in a while you'll see Walmart, you'll see a big chain, somebody that you want to talk to. 
Yeah. And you'll have an opportunity to follow them up and send them emails and and call them if they give you your number. You know, I mean, like just a and it's a their catalogs are the gold, you know, like that's just an example. But every business can have their piece of gold that they are saving and using as a lead magnet mm-hmm. or create a piece of gold. And just everyone has to think about their own business what is the problem that you solve. I guess I'll just keep going back to the plumber, but <laughs> you know, for a plant, how to in your pipes for the winter. I don't know, something like this. I mean, that's a good one for the start of winter. Now it's summer, how to, I don't know, protect against blockages in your, who knows? Yes. The best plungers of 2023. <laughs> Whatever it is, every homeowner doesn't want blockages. They don't want pipes to burst. So either way, mm-hmm. people go away in the summer, things to you know, to shut your water off or not to. And my parents actually had a pipe burst when they were in Israel. In their home in New York, the fire department came and broke down the door and shut the water off, I think. That's how it ended. But they had to bank up for insurance. But yeah, I mean, we're getting way off topic. But it's a real thing when you go away. Like, do you shut the water off? Apparently, my dad was afraid to shut the water off because the sitting pipes. I don't know exactly what the reason was. But but then I heard my, my wife's grandfather, he should be well, he's 94 years old. He was a plumber and worked in plumbing for 50 years. And he said, oh, just run the bath for, for three minutes after you shut the water off to take pressure out of the pipes. Uh, tonight? <laughs> it's good to know. Yeah, you get more than, you know, more than you bargained for on this podcast. But <laughs> about plumbing? It's good. Yeah, the lead magnets are so crucial. Mm-hmm. I don't understand businesses that just rely on, you know, word of mouth and don't yeah. set up lead magnets and get people's information and then market to them, which, I mean, goes to the second part of lead magnets that the point of a lead magnet is to get the information and then you need a follow-up. You need a good welcome email. You need like use that information to to send them up, to introduce yourself. You know, like you got their attention because they downloaded your thing. Now say who you are. I'm John the plumber. I lived <laughs> in this neighborhood for 30 years and I'd love to help you with your plumbing needs. But everyone think about your own business. What's What problems are you solving? What can you put out as a lead magnet, grab their attention, and then market yourself. Tell them, I do this. I'll help you with that. Yes. That's your welcome sequence that you're talking about. Yeah. Should we talk about welcome sequences? (laughs) We can. If you don't mind, what's a good welcome sequence? Sure. I'm shocked how many people don't know what a welcome sequence even is. (laughs) But the welcome welcome sequence is the most important email you could send because it's based on an action. First of all, all, all action-based emails, what we like to call automations, are way more effective than campaign because they're engaged. They did something. They're on your website. They viewed a product. They, they put something in the cart. Like all of those will do a lot more than just, I don't know, it's Tuesday. It's happy Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> and order today. Yeah. So, so the welcome of all of them, it's like peak interest. Like you go to a website, you're checking something out, you get that pop-up and you're like, all right, let's see what happens. You're like 80% likely to open that email. Like that email, the welcome one is like the most popular email ever. Because <laughs> it's the height of interest. Yeah, it's the height of interest. And it's such an opportunity because now I can tell you my story. I can tell you why I started, you know, my personal story, the brand story. You could say, show testimonials. If you're busy on social networks, you put a lot into social, let them connect with you there and follow you on the social. Like, so it's just a tremendous 
I just make yourself a welcome series. Like they're just small investment. I guess some people are nervous about they'll have to put so many hours in email marketing, it'll be, but the simple thing, just make a welcome series. And you can just think welcome one is thank you for signing up. This is us. This is what we do. Number two could be our story. Number three could be testimonials. Number four could be a coupon. And that's it. That's welcome series. So yeah. So just get it done. But again, everyone's got to think about their business and what they're doing, what they're offering, but do that work. (laughs) Sit on a piece of paper, figure it out and start email marketing. Yeah. Because once you've done it as well, you don't have to keep doing it it will automatically right right once you do it it's a good idea not to set it and totally forget it but like once a year you know once every (laughs) six months take a look you know make sure things aren't broken that's Mm -hmm. important you have this one welcome series it should be firing and should be working for you and yeah and making you money yeah so you've got your lead magnet and you've set up your welcome series how can you go about growing your email list Okay, so there's a few things. Well, we talked about lead magnets. That's a huge way to grow with your lead magnet. Also, by the way, once you have a lead magnet, if you're on social, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Twitter, wherever you are, you could keep publishing tweets and sending stuff about your lead magnet. You did the work, you have your lead magnet, let people know about your lead magnet. That's the whole point. So yeah, so use that and that will grow your list. Uh, That's a huge way to grow your list. But there are a lot of ways to grow your list. Another one is, and it also is an example of really of a lead magnet is a white paper. And people, what the hell, what's a white paper? If you've ever downloaded like what looks like an ebook or a PDF that's got some information in it. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yeah, will help you in some way. Yeah, like to get it, you need it. That's a white paper. It's usually more of like a B2B kind of tool than a B2C kind of tool. Yeah. But I'm sure a lot of our audience are in the B2B space and could use that kind of kind of thing. Another thing you could do is run webinars. Actually helping a client now, we're going to be running a webinar in about a month with three other people about relocating to Israel and the services that each of these people can offer. There's this financial planner and there's a mortgage broker, a real estate agent, and my client, she sets up homes, you know? So when they land, they already have internet and a stock fridge and they can just- Oh, fantastic. Yeah, go straight to work and not have like a whole transition period where they have to set everything up. What a good service. Um, so that's just an example. I mean, I'm she's yeah. new to me, but I'm I'm really just coaching her. But right. but it's something they could run again and again and again. You know, mm-hmm. like they're trying to reach people that are relocating to Israel. Here's a way they can get that audience. And everyone can think of their own business, like what they could be doing to get people's attention and yeah. and run webinars. And once you've done it once, you have a presentation, you can run it again and again. It doesn't cost you anything. And yeah, absolutely. You know, every time you're getting more and more opt-ins, you're growing your list. It's- That's a great tip. Thank you. Webinars. I do like webinars myself. Like you say, it's that initial work to put the presentation together, but then you can just do it again and again. So excellent. Thank you. So when your list is growing and, and you've had it a while, is it important to purge it periodically? Yes. And it's important to know that Chad White is one of the... Web- better known email marketers. He Mm -hmm. wrote a book, which is now, I think he just published his eighth edition. It's called the email marketing rules. And it's sort of like a 10 commandments, you know I mean? It's like written in that style. Thou shalt not send spam. (laughs) It's it's not really written in that language exactly, but it's like everything is, I mean, he does an amazing job of boiling it down to its essence. And it's like, 
you know, a rule and I'll explain that for like three pages. So do not buy lists, you know, like that kind of thing. So one of the things he says about permission I and mean, permission is huge, hugely important. Um, yes, yes. I mean, with that said, at least in the United States, I think GDPR, not as not nearly as much or not much at all, but you can send B2B email. Um, and it's a big complaint of a lot of people is that they get a lot of spam email. You know, mm -hmm. they get unsolicited emails oh that people are sending. Yeah. And you but, can tell, can't you, when some maybe your email address has been sold or something, and suddenly you just get all these random emails coming into your inbox. Yeah, yeah there's 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 lists. I mean, it's 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 shocking to me. Shocking, yeah. especially because I came from the B2C place, you know, mm -hmm. working for an e-commerce brand. And it was shocking to me when I learned that like this is a thing that goes on and there are companies that are worth billions that just sell information like that is their business model. Yeah, there are companies worth billions. All they do is collect email addresses and phone numbers and titles and what company and LinkedIn profile link and like all this information. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm sure I mean, I never look for myself in these platforms, but I'm sure I'm there. But yeah, people use it. I mean, like I do email marketing for, for e-com. So yeah, there are, I mean, there are people even pitching me for their service to get me these kinds of lists and they send me a sample, you know, and it's like, wow, this is a great sample. Like look at all these great companies. So it's out there. But other than that kind of marketing that we call cold email marketing, which is very fraught with danger in a, in a sense, because Google doesn't like it. And a lot of people go to spam. It's actually funny, funny, not funny, but like there's a, a company that does warming, email warming, what they call warming. Like when you make a new email address and you want to send cold emails. So the practice is to warm it up, you know, like basically, and it's basically an automated way to look like it's a real email address. You put it into a pool of other emails and they'll communicate with each other and send an email and get a response. And that goes on and on, and it looks like it's a legit email. It just pretends to be a real email. So then when you start sending cold emails, it's not as spammy looking as it could be. So I actually got an email pitching me these kinds of services that was in my spam folder. But back to permission. Permission is key, okay? You want to grow your email list. You want, And when you grow your email list, you need someone to opt in. And the better opt-in, the more opted in, the better your email list will be. It means that they'll be more engaged with your content. They'll, they'll, they'll want to buy from you. Like you're not just growing your list in order to send a lot of emails. It's, you want to just get in front of a lot of people, you, you know, buy paid ads. But you want to get targeted people that want to buy from you, grow your list, create lead magnets, do all that work, get the opt-in. But the permission, back to Chad White, permission doesn't last forever. That's what Chad White told me. Permission can end. If you wrote a newsletter and then you fell off the wagon, you change businesses. You're not doing what you're doing anymore. Mm -hmm. So you change. So, you know, that that's it. You know, it's like you, but but we're not talking about that situation. We're talking about the situation where you have a list. Okay. And every email needs to have an unsubscribe. And if you're really not sending emails often, or permission is shaky, which it shouldn't be, you can put an unsubscribe at the top of the email. That's you feel you got this in error, unsubscribe, definitely. Because unsubscribe, this is actually really important for people to understand. And unsubscribe doesn't hurt your deliverability. Deliverability is a huge topic. I'm not really gonna get into because it's really huge for for brands, but everyone doesn't want their emails going to spam. So an unsubscribe doesn't hurt you. 
Okay. It's, it's okay. It's good like, know. right, you don't want, you don't need the plumber. You want to hear from the plumber anymore? Okay, opt out and goodbye. That's fine. But but people that have big lists or, or even smaller lists, if you see people are not engaging with you for the long haul, then it's it's not a bad idea to send what they call a sunset series. And you could automate it. You can say someone who hasn't, yeah, you have someone who hasn't opened or clicked any emails for six months and has received, I don't know, 10 or more emails. You can send them an email. Is this goodbye? It's sort of like breaking up. Just to let you know, we're not going to be sending you any more emails. But if you want to get emails from us, please click this button and we'll welcome you back with open arms. But that way, you know, you can you can send suck them out, you know, and it could be a series in case they miss that first email. Then you'll keep engaging them. Yeah, I had one of those recently. And the reason I hadn't been opening the emails was I found them in spam. Not that one, but <laughs> I just hadn't had them. Yeah, it's interesting to me that like there are certain emails from the same brands that make it to my inbox and there's certain emails from the same brand that will go to yes. my spam. So I don't know why, like it doesn't really no. make sense as even someone who knows in the industry and knows how spam works. It doesn't make sense to me that some emails go to spam and some go to my inbox. Like, yeah. it's, but it's a good idea to purge, especially if you are active and you send emails and people are not engaging sunset flow, let them go. <laughs> I like that. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. So what are the typical ways people leave money on the table with email marketing? Well, just not not optimizing, not segmenting. We didn't talk about segmenting at all, but segmenting is simple. If you have a business that maybe has a few faces to it or a few different kinds of services that you offer, just creating different lead magnets for each bucket and then sending relevant emails for that person, right? If you know who's a man, who's a woman, send women's clothes to women and women's products and send men, men stuff and gift season, switch it up in general. Yeah, know who you're talking to and talk to them appropriately. And that's a, it's much more effective. You'll get much more engagement that way. It's just, it's one of the leading ways that like email works best when you send messages that are talking to that one person. Another thing a lot of brands aren't doing, which is huge, is to realize that email is a one-to-one. One of the biggest mistakes people make is that they think of email as one-to-many, like they're putting up a billboard. But if you write your emails like you're writing to one person, you're writing to a friend, and you just say it out loud, that could be such a difference maker and engaging your audience. And it could be a small audience. It could be 50 people, but a customer could be worth half your livelihood. Yeah. That's such good advice. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. One-to-one is a huge way that people are leaving money and just not optimizing. I mean, and it's more for, I think, like e-commerce brands. It's just not looking at your yes. flows, see what's working, do more personalization, just work mm-hmm. on it, keep optimizing it. And you can layer it, layer personalization. If I had a client that was like a big media company sending tons of email every week, and they were also collecting money. They're fundraising wasn't connected to that other part of the business. And I felt like that was like a huge mistake. Like everyone who gives money, put in the header, you can use a dynamic header. It can look up a field, is donor, give them the donor header. Just that little bit, that's a little personalization that could go so big. They just feel they give money and then they're ignored. You know, they're just put in the same bucket with everyone else. And everyone wants to feel important, don't they? Oh, hundred percent. You know, some little things like that, like layering personalization in the header, having a custom header for someone who donated to your cause, that kind of thing. And then the email itself, another example, like they didn't do this, but if you're writing the email, the fundraising email, right? 
for your past people that donated to you in the last year, you know, your support is so important to us, et cetera, et cetera. And what you, your donation from last year was X and we would love you could match it or, or add to it, you know, with the money you gave us last year, we were able to do A, B, C, D. And in the next year, we're hoping to do E, F, G. <laughs> you right. know, so yeah. everyone can think about their own business, how, you know, they could do that better. I was once told by a manager, like every metric could be moved 10% better. Really? That's quite significant, isn't it? It could be. It depends on the numbers. You put in that work, you optimize, you, you push and enjoy the fruits of that, that work. Oh, excellent. Thank you. So when we first met, was it two or three years ago? I'm not sure if time goes by so quickly. I think it was probably two years ago. I think that's probably about right, isn't it? You were just launching your podcast, Inboxing. Can you talk a little bit about your show? Sure. So yeah, I started Inboxing. It was really a point in my career or my business. I knew I wanted to get out there. I didn't really want to do social. I wasn't so comfortable with that, but podcast the way it really it, it fell out was i was asked to be on a podcast it wasn't a podcast it was just like a live like a social media company and they're doing interviews with different experts from different fields and uh, so they invited me to be on their live when they sent me the link and i saw like this is that's it like that, that's how easy it is to make a podcast so then i thought of the the word inboxing as the name of the podcast i love podcasts like do you like that name and as soon as I came up with the name, I was like, I have to do this. <laughs> like <laughs> this name, I love it. It doesn't mm -hmm. rank on Google. Like it's perfect. I didn't know it has a meaning actually. I didn't know that, but it, it, it has a meaning. It's really about in, when people talk about inboxing in the industry, it's like an industry term that means like getting to the inbox as opposed to getting to spam. So even more appropriate then. Yeah. The idea was like, I'll just interview people. And I'll get myself out there and uh, see what happens, you know, like hopefully get more business out of it. One of the things that was tough for me and still is a little bit tough for me is just promoting myself and my business. That can be hard to do for yourself. Right. It's like everyone knows it's inboxing with Hillel Berg. Like, so I'm this inboxing podcast host, Hillel Berg, the email marketer. Right. So that comes out, you know, here and there. Now I'm about to actually launch season three. But one of the most amazing things really about the pod, about, about doing the pod, is really creating relationships with all these amazing people. Take a look. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I'm an industry person. It's an industry podcast. Most people wouldn't know these people. But in the industry, these are titans. They're huge. Some of them are really huge. Some of them I've had on, you know, Liz Willits. She's a copywriter on LinkedIn. But she's got like, I don't know now, but at that time, she had like 60,000 followers on LinkedIn. That's like, a lot. <laughs> Yeah, like she's really popular on LinkedIn. So that was so cool for me. I know Liz Willits yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like all these people, I know them. I've had them on, I've had companies on my podcast and it's very exciting, honestly. And I love that aspect of it. Yeah, And expansion. I was able to expand my network for sure. And the other part of it is I was able to get a sponsor last season. Yes, I saw um, that. Thanks to them, I was able to actually turn it into a little bit of an income, and I'm um, hopefully going to find a sponsor for season three. I'm sure you will. It's exciting. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Where should listeners go to connect with you and learn more about what you do? I have a link tree. I will put that in notes. Yeah, link link dot t r e e you know link tree mm -hmm. slash Hillelberg email. 
that has links to everything. And from there, you, you know, Berg is my website. My email is Hillel at Hillelberg. And you can find links to the podcast there. You can book a call. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm going to listen back through this and make notes of what I need to do. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Visit www.victoriabenyon.com to book a free podcast guesting strategy session with one of our team. Using the information you provide when you book, we'll get to know you and your business better so you get the most value from your strategy call. You will come away from this 30-minute session with huge value. We'll share our top tips for being a podcast guest and up to five suggestions of perfect fit podcasts you can approach. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.